We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. We are talking about the Bulls getting bad luck in the NBA draft lottery once again. The Bulls entered the lottery in 11th out of 14th place. They had an 8.5% chance to land in the top four, which would mean they kept their pick this year, which otherwise conveyed to the Orlando Magic to finalize the Nikola Vucevic trade. Uh, The Bulls also had a 1.8% chance to get the number one pick in the rights to draft Victor Wembanyama. Jason, those chances were eerily similar to what the Bulls once had when they landed Derrick Rose with the number one pick in the 2008 draft. Was it going to happen again? Was Adam Silver going to put in the call and say Chicago's back on the map? This hopeless franchise has no other path to relevance unless I rig the lottery in their favor. No, Jason, it didn't happen. The Bulls come up 11th, which means the pick goes to the Magic. And with that, all hope is lost. (laughs) And uh, the Bulls are kind of back at square one where... They do not have their second round pick, which I believe was included in the original Otto Porter Jr. for Bobby Portis swap that has conveyed. That's pick number 42 in this draft. They do not have the number 58 pick in this draft acquired from the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I don't know what deal that was in, but uh, that got forfeited because of the tampering investigation centering on Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball still on the roster for $20 million per year for the next two seasons, despite the fact that he can't play basketball. And the Bulls have no draft picks, Jason. Their draft pick, number 11, out to the Magic, which means that that trade for Vucevic will end up being uh, the number eight pick in the 2020 draft. I believe it was 2020. That was Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner. Was that 2020 or 22? Either way, it was Franz Wagner. Yeah, it was 21. So the number eight pick in 21, Franz Wagner. Uh, Now the number 11 pick this year. I currently have 
Kansas sharpshooter Grady Dick being mock draft to the Magic at that spot in my new mock draft at SBNation.com, as well as Wendell Carter Jr. in terms of the meaningful assets going over to the Magic in that trade. And what do the Bulls have to show for it, Jason? One playoff appearance, one playoff win, and a failed bid in the play-in tournament this year. So, Jason, you were at the lottery. You saw the moment. I guess you didn't. You weren't in the room, so you didn't not in the room. It, but you were there. Yes, <laughs> when the Bulls went bust. Tell me everything. How? Yeah, was it? yeah. So yeah, not in the room, but it was cool to be there. I did see our guy Will Gottlieb, CHGO, and Sean Hyken, our last guest. Uh, he, those two were both in the room. I met up with them before they did go in the room at like five thirty. Uh, they had to go, and they obviously they had to like whatever, put all their phone, turn their phones in, do all that stuff. I think there were like eighteen or nineteen guys in the room, and I know all those guys had like stories from in the room. Go check all that, all that stuff out. Um, and then from there, like it's it's kind of a weird experience because whatever, like they're all all before the lot. I got there pretty early. Again, it was around like five o'clock. I kind of just was like meandering about in, in the stage room, and they were just kind of like, doing like a lot, a lot of practice, like Malika was doing some practice or like on the, on the TV crew and like Mark Tatum was just like reading out uh, all the, like the names, of the teams and just kind of going in order. So just kind of meandering about that. The Larry O'Brien trophy was just over in the corner, took some pictures and video of that. That was kind of cool to see. I'd never seen the trophy up close. Uh, actually, I might have one. I think the Bulls had some Wendy's thing with the Windy City last year, but it was actually, it was, there, it was just there, like with a little whatever things around it. You were able to look up close, take picture and video of it. So that was pretty cool. But besides that, like the, you get there early and there's really just like not much to do. You just kind of hang out, uh, and like what in the media room and have some dinner, uh, courtesy of the McCormick place, uh, and just kind of hung out with some of the other media guys before and then went in the room at whatever, 6 30, 6 45. And that's when it started filling up the show, uh, Adam Silver's walking around, mingling, schmoozing with everybody. Uh, the show starts at whatever seven, uh, seven p.m. local time in Chicago. Uh, but then of course the show starts at seven. But then there's like really whatever, nothing's happening on stage. Like the guys are all up on stage, but the show's going on. But obviously, like nothing actually happens until kind of fifteen minutes later when they finally bring out uh, Mark Tatum and he starts going through. Uh, and that's when, of course, the Bulls lose their pick. So like again. Expect the Bulls' odds were stacked against them. Dale and Terry was on the stage with some, uh, with some cool outfit he had going on. He they showed when they showed him on uh, whatever they were announcing all the on, on stage representatives. They showed him and he just looked like he didn't want to be there. Uh, and yeah, they go through and like it was basically chalk. I think until what the fifth pick when the Pistons fall back to five, Portland move up to three. So uh, I know when the number eleven pick happened. I've I've seen some videos going around. Uh, of people who like got stumped when they they pulled the magic card out, which obviously meant the Bulls lost the pick of the magic. But when the Bulls pick like didn't come up, people were like, "Oh my god, the Bulls move up!" And then they got like they got like punked by it before realizing, "Oh shit, no!" They stayed at eleven. That pick goes to the Magic instead. Um, when it happened, I was just like, "Oh, whatever." Not a bit, uh, not surprising. I, I didn't get a great look at Dalen. Uh, I wasn't super close to the stage, but um. Uh, didn't get a great look at him, but I mean, he was just whatever, whatever. I know there was that video going around of Mark Eversley looking really mad about it. But again, you go in with those odds. The odds weren't great. Uh, so, yeah. And then it kind of counts down. And again, when the Pistons dropped to five, there was like audible gasps in the crowd because they went in with whatever the number one in the number one slot. And it fought them falling back to five. Everyone was like, oh, shit. Uh, and they they fall. And then once that happened, they obviously go to commercial. 
They picked the top four. They released that. Uh, and when the Spurs got the number one pick, Peter Holt uh, just hooting and hollering up on the stage. He was so happy, literally like hooting, hooting and hollering. Uh, and as as expected with Wemby, uh, I mean, the hype around Wemby is is insane right now. Uh, and I mean, you had Woj calling him like the biggest prospect of all time. I saw things, a, tw- a, a comment going around today that like that if Wemby's only AD or Akeem or KD, he's a, he's a disappointment, which is insane stuff to say. Like those are some of the best players of all time. Uh, so like still though, a lot of hype. There's gonna be a lot of expectation for Wemby. We had, we had Brian Windhorst in Paris at whatever, like 2 a.m. doing live interviews with Wemby. And that was kind of fun to see on the screen. Uh, and then afterwards, whatever it ends at seven 30. Uh, some of the Spurs guys were kind of milling about doing some interviews, uh, kind of got up close to see a couple of the, like whatever Peter Holt was talking again. And the, their guy in the room was talking and like RC Buford was talking. And, and then besides that, just some kind of other random guys just hanging out. I did not see, like, I don't think uh, Eversley and AK did any media. I think they were going to, if they moved up, but since they lost the pick, I do not believe the, Bull, the Bulls guys did any media. I was with I was with Cody Westland, our guy of six seventy to score, and uh, I said he. I don't think, and with a couple other Bulls people too, they they didn't do anything. So uh, it was kind of fun to just mill about and see some of the other media people uh, you rec- that I like recognize and saw Woj hamming it up with like Ime Yadoka and Tyrese Halliburton at one point, uh, and just like whatever some of these other random guys. So it was cool to be there. It's like, kind of just an interesting set up just kind of a weird event but uh it was fun it's cool to be in the room or not as i said in whatever the stage to see it live not in the room in the room but um it was cool of course the bulls uh lose the pick and they are probably fucked now with like you said that kind of closes the book on the vucevic trade uh yeah losing franz wagner then they're gonna lose that number 11 pick wendell carter all for vuchu has been fine but Fine hasn't been good enough for all, everything they've sunk in. And you keep forgetting that the Bulls still also owe a, a protected pick to the San Antonio Spurs, who just won the lottery, uh, for the won the Wemby sweepstakes. But the DeRozan trade, they still owe a 2025, I think it's like top 10 protected uh, or top 12 or some shit. And it, like it, it gets it's protected for two or three years. So, like another pick that's pr- uh, several years protected. So, it's just like. Bull sunk in a lot of assets on this this current version of the team, and it's going belly up on them. It would have been really nice if they could have gotten bailed out by some lottery luck like they did when they won Derrick Rose, but was not in the cards this time. Uh, and now it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to get out of this because it, they're in a situation where whatever if they run this back, if that's what they want to do, like the team will they'll be fine next year. They'll probably they'll be mediocre again and whatever okay and they'll be probably in the mix for the play-in or if things really go right maybe they're a low playoff seed but it just doesn't seem like there's much upward mobility with this team right now unless we get a a miracle Patrick Williams leap which we've been waiting on for a while now so it just it feels really bleak right now we'll see if they try to make any moves if whatever we see whatever the Blazers have they move up to number three if that's a pick they look to trade it we talked with this about with Sean on our last pod, like if they're interested in any of the Bulls guys, uh, I know he kept talking about like Mikel Bridges and then moving up to three makes their up trade package with that pick. And maybe someone like Simons or some of these other guys they have as a more, a more attractive trade package. But with the Bulls right now, it's uh just doesn't feel great. <laughs> so I just rewatched that video of Eversley. I'm pretty sure he's celebrating. 
I'm pretty sure he <laughs> thinks that they moved up. So you think he got punked? <laughs> I think he did because it was the magic logo that they pulled. But if you looked closely right. underneath it, it said as conveyed by the Bulls. So, of course, the magic couldn't have. I think that their pick entered at six. There's no way they could have fallen to 11 anyway. So I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, oh, wow, man, the Vooch trade, not the worst trade that in Chicago Bulls history. It's not the worst trade the Bulls have made in the last five years because the Jimmy Butler trade was worse. Uh, but it's an all time bad trade for Chicago sports, I would say. It's a it's a definitively bad trade. And Will keeps bringing up the point that, you know, in that Vooch trade, they acquired El Farouk Aminu. Aminu was then sent to San Antonio in the sign and trade for DeRozan. And that was considered bad money because he wasn't really able to play or contribute at any meaningful level at that point. Basically, uh, it was a bloated contract that served no purpose on the court. And most people believe that that's the that because Aminu was included in that the first in that trade. That's why the first uh, sent out on 2025. And now I'm wondering, Jace, you know, the Spurs need a big man next to Wemby. Uh, Wemby gave an interview with Windhorse. This was maybe a couple months ago where he said he didn't want to play center in the NBA. You got to love a pre rookie making demand. <laughs> But no, I'm joking. Wemby shouldn't play center uh, in the NBA just because a lot of, you know, center minutes in the NBA, sort of the equivalent of playing offensive line in the NFL. You're getting pushed, you're getting pulled, you're getting hit. Wemby needs to preserve himself a little bit. He knows that his people know that. Uh, So they do need a center next to him, I think. Uh, I'm sure they'll probably close with him and Jeremy Sohan at the five. And that'll be just totally nasty, probably in a few years. But uh, they need a short term center solution. Can we send Vooch? To San Antonio for that pickback? No, we can't. Sure, why not? For that, San Antonio will never go for that. I mean, the Spurs probably have. They probably have a shit ton of cap space, right? They probably like. I feel. I feel like they have no money on their roster. I'm gonna look it up right now, but uh, I feel like I feel like they just have a bunch of young guys. They obviously have Murray off the books, so they can probably just, if they really want to, just give Vooch whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean, they have like Keldon Johnson's making twenty million. Doug McDermott's their second highest paid player at 13.7. So they have like no money on the books. If they want to go give Vooch some money, they can give him as much as they want. And uh, the Bulls will get nothing and like it. (laughs) Yeah, they should do that. Spurs, go sign (laughs) Vooch. Why not? Yeah, because like, okay, they're going to close with uh, Wemby and Sohan. But, you know, you don't necessarily need to start Wemby at the five and Sohan at the four, you know, like just because that's the future look you're going to go to most likely. Anyways, we're getting off topic here, but uh, <laughs> it is deeply depressing, Jason, that the Spurs win the lottery and they still have a Bulls draft pick coming to them. It really the guy is. Who was a free agent. I mean, just horrible negotiating by AK. And it's a reason that they're in this bind. Uh, not only was the entire gambit of this roster construction uh, sort of a poor idea, but then they basically drove no sort of hard line in terms of the negotiations. They lost every negotiations. They bled extra assets that maybe they didn't need to if they would have been a little bit uh, more stern negotiators. And it's was, one reason. Was that in that too? Young? Because I feel was- like... 
bad, isn't it? Yeah. Because I feel like they like the initial thought yeah, that it was, was. going to be Lowry going to the Spurs, but then it like fell apart and it ended up being with Thad and yeah, Aminu. And then the first, like, because whatever, that situation was DeRozan. Spurs didn't want Lowry, which yeah. now that looks like what a bad move. They had Markinen to pair with Wemby, but Wemby. then, you know, given Markinen's jump, maybe they don't get Wemby. Yeah. Possibly. But yeah, I mean, it was just a weird situation with DeRozan because, yeah, you knew he was not staying there. It was it was openly known that he was leaving San Antonio. But then, like, the rumors are out there like, is he going to sign with, like, the Lakers or the Clippers for, like, the minimum or not the minimum, but, like, whatever, like, the mid level? And, like, there was the, there's the stories out there that, like, he was about, he was, like, going, I think, to a meeting with LA, but then whatever, the Bulls, like, put their offer on the table and it got worked out and he signed with the Bulls. Uh, but you do wonder, like, did that first have to be included? He was a free agent. The Bulls did not have cap space. So, like, obviously, they weren't in the best spot because they were trying to sign a guy to a, whatever, 30, 25 million a year contract with no cap space. So, like, they were going to have to give up something. But, like, you couldn't – I can't remember what, like, their second-round pick situation was. Like, they they really had to give up the first there. Like, if DeMar wanted to be there, the Bulls were giving up salary as well with a, whatever, Thad and Aminu. Uh, but it was the Spurs really must have just like squeezed them for like if we're gonna take the, these guys on like we're gonna need a first and the Bulls really wanted Demar and they they said yes and again sinking in more assets uh, for this team and uh, like I said at the time I mean we loved Demar has been great like I mean you look at his what how he's played he's outplayed the contract so like the problem is just the totality of it with the assets sunk into the Vooch trade giving up this first now and with Lonzo, this Lonzo situation being totally fucked and just like they have no draft capital, whatever they have this Blazers pick, but that's whatever. It's got the protections on it as well, but the bulls have like none of their own picks that can trade forever. So, and they're like all their second round picks are out. As you mentioned, like they have no second round picks this year because the fucking Otto Porter trade from four years ago, we have a pick going. And then as you mentioned, the, the Lonzo tampering second round or late in the second round. And I that trade was at that second round was actually from the marketing three team trade with, uh, whatever Cleveland and Portland, because that was from, uh, that was first from another trade with like Denver, I think it was like a JaVale McGee, McGee trade and then whatever went to Cleveland. And then I think Cleveland sent it to the Bulls as part of it. Cleveland or Portland, either one. That's what it was from. Uh, so, yeah, now they're just in a situation where they they're they're mediocre. They have some these vets and they have no draft capital to really get in that much better. They have a 20 million dollar albatross on their books who can't fucking play. Uh, and who knows? I mean, well, again, we will see what they do about that Lonzo slot. Uh, there's no reason not to file whatever a disabled player exception other than they don't want to spend the money on a pl- on using that to help. And of course, we know that's a perfectly fine reason to do it or to not do it for, if you're the Bulls is to not spend the extra money, uh, especially on whatever a mid-ass team. So like they will be the thing that could be really telling if the Bulls do not apply for that uh, exception whenever they can do that at the start of next season or whenever that is, because. Uh, Lon- there's no way Lonzo's coming back next year. And even if he does, like at the tail end of the year, like no chance he can play meaningful minutes or be like any type of contributor after whatever three years and a completely rare, uh, whatever rare uh, surgery that he's undergoing. That's like no other NBA player has like ever done. It's been like maybe like one or two guys. So it's like that'll be telling to see what they do with that. So it's just like, so what? It, like, are they just going to run it back or are they actually going to do something? Are they going to let Vooch walk? Are they try to get something in a sign and trade? Are they going to? Like, it doesn't seem like like I'd be surprised by a DeMar or Zach trade, but, like, there could be opportunities. There. It seems like there's going to be a lot of player movement this offseason, um, and there will be tra- there could be trade opportunities with some of these teams. I mean, 
Uh, I mentioned the Blazers. The Hornets, I'm assuming, will use their number two pick. Obviously, Wemby's going to San Antonio, but like there's I've already seen rumors about the Rockets like offering four. Uh, because if they want to sign Harden, they they're gonna need ready-made players and they, they're not gonna just bring him onto that young ass team that stinks. So, like, could the Rockets pick be be available? Um, obviously the Pistons that at number five, like I mean, they have a lot of young guys already, and now them like adding another guy at like five instead of it being Wemby, like would they try to trade that for more ready-made talent? I don't know. Like, and just other teams in general. Like, we'll see what happens with the Warriors with them and some of these other teams out there. Like, it seems like there could be a decent amount of player movement this offseason. Uh, I mean, and if Harden leaves the Sixers, what the hell do they do? I don't know. So, like, there could be opportunities here for the Bulls to make whatever, kind of switch switch gears here, change the direction. But I could easily see them just with no with lo- little assets, with the Alonzo thing going on. Them just being like, hey, we'll run it back and just whatever. We'll try to be okay next year and see how it goes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Dear Lord, Jason, what a sad time to be a fan. We've sat through some rough times in the Bulls history on this podcast. And because of the draft pick situation, this feels like basically as bad as any of them. Like the team is still cool and average, whereas before the team sucked. But when you're trying to talk yourself into like how to get any real contention equity, it really doesn't seem possible (laughs) given that they can't even trade their future draft picks because this 2025 pick owed to the Spurs 
is extended for a couple of years, right? So they couldn't even trade their 2027 pick if they wanted to. Uh, yeah, rough times, man. Um, would you do six in 11 in Jonathan Isaac for Zach Levine? If the Orlando Magic, who own picks number six and number 11, 11 from the Bulls, uh, wanted to, you know, they need shooting. They need a shooting guard. And just they have so many young players. They feel, feel like they need like a veteran, like whatever, star, uh, whatever you think of Zach as a star. I mean, he's an all-star level player. He's one of the better scorers in the league. They could use some consolidation of their young assets uh, to take a step forward. Because whatever, they have, they have Paolo, Franz, Wendell. I mean, they still have what, Fultz. Uh, they have Isaac there who has done, has been hurt for a while. Um, yeah, so it feels like they need some consolidation there. Six and eleven. Would you do it, Cole Zach? Anthony? <sighs> probably. Yeah, I was thinking I'd probably do it too. Just because, I mean, again, like I, I like Zach. Again, he didn't he, the, whatever that he the playing game was rough for him, and but he had a really good season overall. He's got his flaws. I think he's always going to be kind of what he is now, which is a really really good player, but not quite that like upper tier star two way star player. He's just not going to be that guy. But he's still really good. But like whatever, if you get that chance, whatever, two lottery picks to kind of start over there, two lottery picks, uh, you take the gamble on Isaac. I mean, I wouldn't really expect much out of him. He's just had the injury issues and all that kind of stuff. But uh, if you're looking for a little reset there, yeah, I mean, I, you, you, that's actually a really good idea. I didn't even get to number six. Just going through some of these teams, I could trade picks like the, the magic could be one of them. Uh, I, yeah, I would strongly think about it. Like, I'd, I don't know if that's like a slam dunk, but. Uh, with the Bulls seemingly not really going anywhere, just kind of an opportunity to refresh, reset. Certainly at least something to think about if they put something like that on, on the table. I don't think Orlando would go for it. Yeah, I don't think Zach's... Zach's probably like not quite that caliber. But 6 and 11, like... I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think Orlando would go for it, ultimately. And honestly, I don't think the Bulls would go for it either because the Bulls just want to get the 8th seed in the East and... Uh, they have a better chance getting the eighth seed with Zach Levine on the team than with rookies. What, rookies Taylor, Taylor Hendricks and Grady Dick? Who do you yeah. have at six? Yeah, sure. Taylor Hendricks, definitely. Yeah. Or one of the Thompson twins. Oh, yeah. Thompson twin would be sick. Yeah. I mean, a man will probably be off the board at that point. You could get a sir. That could be cool. Yeah, I might go Hendricks, though, just because he's bigger. But Yeah. The other Thompson twin could be cool, too. Anyways, that was just one idea I had. Uh, I have a friend of mine texting me that the Bulls should be trying to get the third pick from the Blazers in a trade for Zach. Well, you mentioned this earlier, but all the buzz right now is that these Blazers are going to try to trade that third pick in a package from Mikhail Bridges, uh, which I think they would much prefer to have next to Damian Lillard uh, over Zach Levine. So, yeah, I mean, me and you can sit here and we can try to think of ways to fix the team. I guess, you know, I would ideally love to see them break up the big three of DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch this offseason. Uh, if they are to keep those guys together, though, just, like, get shooting, right? Yeah. Like, regardless of anything else, just get shooting. So yep. shooting's the biggest problem on the team. Point guard play is also a pretty big issue. And... I guess, like, if they were to bring back Vooch and Kobe, they could still add a player for about $7 million a year. That was at least the chatter today. Uh, a free agent for about $7 million a year. I haven't l 
really gone too deep into the list of available guys, but like, yeah, neither have I. Do you want Jay Crowder? Like, he just totally fell out of the Bucks playoff rotation, but you know, they could use like a wing who could shoot, be a volume shooter like that. Uh, Max Struess, would he take seven million a year? Like, he could be a pretty nice addition for the Bulls, I think, you know, just as like a designated shooter, get one guy like that at least. Uh, He's a starter on Eastern Conference Finals team right now yeah. <laughs> for several years now at this point. Gabe uh, Vincent, so you want to you want to like Gabe Vincent's probably going to get twice as much as seven million dollars a year. So, yeah, it dude, killer. it is. Uh, it's bleak. I did confirm one thing that I had been wondering today, which was if the Bulls acquired a second round pick in this draft, would that pick be forfeited? Because I thought it was essentially like their next second round pick was forfeited. But I was talking to some people <clears throat> uh, about that today, and they can buy a second round pick in this draft or trade for one and keep it. So it's the, the 57 one. Is it already is that just already given up then? It's going to yeah. be that one? Yes. Okay. That is forfeited. So let's buy a second rounder. Yeah, and they should. I mean, they definitely uh, take they some need- gambles, take a gamble on some talent. Yeah, they need young talent. Get Marco off the roster. <laughs> exactly. And Marco's still under contract for next year. Give me a fucking break. That guy's got to be gone. He's under contract, but he is just wasting. I think he's, I think he's non-guaranteed. I'm almost certain. Finally. Okay, I, I asked someone about that today, and they told me he was still under contract. Yeah, he but... definitely has a contract, but I don't think it's fully guaranteed. Looking at it right now. Uh, it is non-guaranteed 2023-24, uh, but it's and the guaranteed date is July 7th. So like right after the start of free agency. So like you would hope that is not guaranteed, but knowing the Bulls, they'll just guarantee it. Oh, he's a cheap young player that we've been, whatever, grooming for a few years. So we're not going to just give him Jesus. up like that. Garbage. We'll okay, see. Okay. So- some second rounders I want when we buy into the second round. Julian Strother, a 6'7 wing out of Gonzaga, real good shooter. Uh, I would look at Ricky Council the fourth, another uh shooting guard, 6'6, 205 out of Arkansas. I believe he was a Mizzou transfer. And yeah, I mean, there's a few other guys here who I like in general. Amoni Bates. Could he oh go my. in the second round? The former next Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, and then one more name I like would be Illinois wing Terrence Shannon Jr., oh, yeah. who I talked to today at the Combine because he was just standing there by himself. And yeah, I covered the Combine today. I yeah, I was going to ask you. Combine. Yeah, I did the media availability, which was a little bit disappointing, I guess, just from my personal experience. I was going there hoping to write a story about Cam Whitmore. Uh, they had a sign for Cam Whitmore, so I camped out, and then he no-showed. Oh, no. <laughs> he ended up showing up, like, uh, 30 minutes later. But at that point, I was talking to Amen Thompson. So I did miss Whitmore. That was a bummer. But in the second sort of batch of interviews, Taron Shannon was just standing there hanging out. Uh, so I went and talked to him. Such a nice guy, Taron Shannon Jr. Uh, he was very pleasant to chat with. I told him I've been putting him in mock drafts since he was a freshman. <laughs> Texas Tech, he said, thank you very much for that. Uh, and I asked him because I don't know if you had seen this, Jason, as an Illinois guy, but Terrence Shannon tweeted a video the other day. The kind of video in an Illinois. eye. yeah, and I'm like, dude, were you like announcing that you're going back with that video? Like, I, I couldn't really tell if there was a point for that video or what, like, you know, what message you want to send yeah. with that? He's like, 
Oh, well, I just uh, didn't tweet out a highlight video after the season, and someone sent me that one, so I thought I'd tweet it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> at, first, you- at first, I thought it was a return video. I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. I was about to like go send it to my friends, and then I watched it, and it was just like a highlight package, which was cool, but it was not him announcing that he was returning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good luck to him. Love Terrence Shannon Jr.'s game. He'd be sick if the Bulls could, uh, not really a designated shooter, but he'd be... Uh, nice addition talent-wise, which is really the team's biggest problem. They just need to improve their talent base. One guy I would also like, uh, I feel like the Bulls need a point guard, right? Like, without Lonzo, they need something in the way of a point guard. Uh, I like Mike Miles out of TCU, a guy who uh, at one point in his career was playing with, like, the USA Basketball U19 team. I think that was on the team with, like, Jaden Ivey, Chet Holmgren, a bunch of those guys. He's had two really productive seasons for TCU. Smaller guard uh, might remind you, I guess, a little bit of Fred Van Vliet is like a upside comp. That might not be a great comp, but I'm just trying to think of like, you know, a a similarly sized guard. Uh, Miles probably puts a little bit more rim pressure, gives you a little bit more rim pressure than uh, than Fred, but. Yeah, I think that he could be someone they could maybe look to go after, too. I also heard that Justin Lewis is seemingly on track to return next season. I believe he tore his ACL. Yeah. Hearing a lot of good things about him, about his work ethic, him being in the gym, being thrilled to, uh, you know, be part of the team. So uh, Justin Lewis could be an interesting piece for the Bulls next year, too. Lord knows they have to hit on the margins on one of these guys. Because right now this roster is uh it's pretty weak talent wise, especially on the young talent base. So uh you know, Jace, not a lot of easy answers for no. goals. And that's been a common theme since me and you started this podcast. We started it after they traded Jimmy Butler, and there hasn't been much to look forward to since as Jimmy Butler plays in the Eastern Conference Finals once again as we speak. Yeah. And curling in a dogfight here in the fourth quarter. I, th- I keep I keep very much underestimating the Heat because I think they're garbage and I've, they've been garbage all season. Yet here they are in a close game here. They just put up 46 points in a fourth quarter. We'll see if they actually hold on. Uh, I have my doubts here holding on in the road in the fourth quarter. But still, like they're in this right in this game and they're in the East Conference Finals. Jimmy's been awesome. Uh, so good for them. Uh, we'll see how that series plays out, but uh, what do you think? You think who do you think wins this series? Again, we're in the middle of the fourth quarter right now. Let's, I don't know, man. Maybe we should uh, close down the podcast episode and watch the end of this game. But yeah, we probably who I should. Think wins. I would. I would take Boston. Yeah, I mean, uh, Boston is better. Miami's been so scrappy. Miami, will, uh, as we've seen in this game one right now, like they're gonna. Miami's gonna fight, but like I just feel like they don't have enough consistently. Uh, but uh, whatever. The Celtics, uh, they probably should have lost last round, but the Sixers are. Uh, gutless chokers, uh, as we've always seen. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see how this goes. I think both these series will be fun to watch. Lakers Nuggets game one was awesome. Caught some of that at the lottery last night, and then was following Nugs, it baby. On, on home. So, uh, like I said hopefully we get two good series here in the conference finals, leading up to the finals as we wallow in Bulls pity. It's always fun to watch some good basketball and not the Chicago Bulls as we just cry about how bad their future is, but. We have plenty of time to talk about that and what they do moving forward, but uh, I think we're good here. Should we wrap it up? We're good. Let's All right. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Hour Network. 
as we continue in these NBA playoffs. Tons of great coverage all across, all across the network. And, of course, just great coverage everywhere across Blue Wire with all the great pods that we have in the network. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. Give us that feedback. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those fun places where we listen to your pods. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SB underscore Ricky. Go check out Ricky's mock draft that he put out after the lottery last night at SBNation.com. Follow his NBA scouting combine coverage from Chicago this week. Ricky is back in the shy, and he's coming back soon anyway, so that's great. Uh, but back in the Chicago for this week for the Combine, so always good to have Ricky back in the shy. So uh, check out his coverage there at the Combine. So that's going to do it for us here in this episode of Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls, ladies and gentlemen.